Welcome to the Georgia Songbirds Podcast, brought to you by Anchor FM and Yes Ma'am Music. We are here with Mr. Cannon Tyler. Hey Jesse, how you doing? Good, enter yourself, Ken. Doing pretty good. Excited to be here. Like I was telling you earlier, it's my first podcast. How long have you been playing music? Um, I've, well, I picked up the guitar when I was about 10. I'm 23 now. Okay. And I played in a band out of Athens for about four years from 2016 to this this spring, and then I decided to go solo. <laughs> okay. So you were in a band, you said? Yeah, we were called, uh, they're still around, actually, a band called Shameless James. Oh, Shameless James. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why when I saw your page, they had like a page of theirs on there, too, like yeah, a yeah. connected page. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've been playing guitar for that long? Or do you yep. play other instruments? I've been playing uh, guitar for, well, I guess, 13 years. Okay. And uh, started singing really out of necessity. I never really wanted to be a singer, <laughs> but uh, we could never find anybody that could uh was any better than me. Uh-huh. Not to say I was good in, in the beginning there, but, uh, you know, necessity is kind of the mother of invention kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I I learned. Yeah. Well, that's your original songs, too. When you get out playing the originals, you got to sing them. Right. If you want somebody to hear them, you right. got to sing it. So you can see yourself more of an artist. I know you're a songwriter, too. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be more of the artist side or both? I mean, when you say the artist side, you, you talk about performing. Well, like, when I think of artists, some of them write. Some of them do write, of course, and a lot of them do write, especially right. country music. Mm-hmm. But they will also look outside for other songs. Did you look for other songs when, you, when you're when you playing, or just because where you're at now in your musical journey, you're just playing your stuff? Um, I, no, I definitely will take other songs and okay. use them to kind of, like when I'm putting a set together, to, you know, create the flow and get the message across you know okay. do you have any local songwriters around here that you listen to um i really like um jesse williams and delonica okay i know jesse yeah she's a fantastic singer and a really good songwriter um and then back in the early shameless james days i got i became friends with a guy named lane denton he does yeah he does some cool stuff okay I hadn't, I hadn't met Lane yet. I have I have heard of him. Yeah. I've seen him around town. So, I, I, like I said, I send anybody want to send up here. Jessie's I've had on the podcast before. Yeah. She came up here and uh, at the Oak House. And are you from Dahlonega area? Is that where you're from? Uh, Dawsonville. Dawsonville. Okay. Next town down. Okay. So, well, thank you for coming up here because I know that's a drive. Appreciate it. No, appreciate you having me. So, we we, uh, <laughs> we were talking, and everybody that's been on the show or been up here knows that when you get up here, it's hard to find the first time. Yeah. Once you're once you're here, it's, it's pretty easy to find, but it's kind of uphill and in the woods and. Yeah, it's just you pull up and there's the like four mailboxes there on the collective thing, and yep. it's like okay, do I go up? And it kind of splits too. There's like that little was mm-hmm. a little garage or shed down there, and uh, yeah, I had to call for help. But, you know, we <laughs> found it. We're here. Well, like I said, this is all family. So even down there with my grandmother's, so that's actually oh no kidding, my house that I sold to a guy like basically the bank mm-hmm. and behind that uh, my sister owns it was used to be my property but when i moved up here and built a house i gave it to my dad and when he passed away then mm-hmm. my sister got it because i got granny she got that one right so all of it's family owned so if you ever come looking for us you're going to find us you stop and ask anybody <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll point you in the right way that's cool though that you have the the family the family roots here yep and you got the family graveyard sitting right there yeah very cool so i know i don't ever tell people that because when, when they come up to the house and they see, oh, it's a graveyard, it's like, okay, well, am I at the right spot? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> if you Google it, 
And I heard this. I don't know. Did you, did Google take you to another place? Google took me to the end of the road down there where it roundabouts there. Okay. Call it down to the cul-de-sac? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, I had a guest on here, Josephine, told me that it actually took her like across the street to somebody else's house. No kidding. So. Google Google's close. They were just like um, about 200 yards off. <laughs> yeah. Which is good because you can't find my house. Right. <laughs> you got to know me or know, where it, or know somebody who's been here. Right. That's, that's kind of nice though sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Now you live in Dawsonville, you said. So you got? Are you out in the woods too, or you're like in the subdivision? Well, I was. You know, I grew up in Dawsonville, and okay. m- you know, my my family house, my parents' house, is up in the woods near okay. the falls. But this year, I got an apartment down on a uh, exit 17 and coming, so a little okay. little closer. closer to civilization, but still not quite down in the thick of it yet. Yeah. Now um, we we're talking musically wise. Do you play around around here? Haven't made it over this way yet. Um, but I'm working on it. Lately, it's been Dahlonega coming and a show here and there in Dawsonville, but there's not much for music in Dawsonville. Okay. So it's been a lot of... The Dahlonega shows are picking up lately, and then um, Nofo Bruco in coming is kind of becoming a little home base for me, too. Okay. Now, do they allow just to use acoustic, or do you have a band that comes with you, too? When Both. You I started there... Basically, they were doing a like an acoustic Tuesday nights. Okay. And um, I did that, and they they enjoyed what I did, and they did a big one year um, kind of celebration a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was the beginning of October. Anyway, somehow I managed to get the closing night on the last night, which was a Saturday, and I, that was the first time I played this uh, the solo thing I'm doing. It's the first time I've done it with a band behind me. Okay. So, but now I do have a like a little. We're a little three-piece. Um, we do, and it's like you know, bass and the drummer's got brushes, so okay, it's fun. A little bit easier to get out and play. Yeah, you know, it's a little fuller sounding, so y- you know, there's a lot of you, you hear a lot of guy with an acoustic guitar, and I feel like sometimes people just kind of automatically tune it out mm-hmm. when they first see it it's. because uh, you know they've seen it before. But when you get the bass and the drums up there, people kind of go, "Oh, it's drums make such a difference." Yes, they do. Because I, I, same thing, I had a band when I started mine. It was just me and my bassist. I've got same thing, acoustic guitar and mm-hmm. a bass. Like, okay, it's a guy with an acoustic guitar. Right. But if you can find a great drummer, it completely fills it out. Mm-hmm. And you don't have. I know a lot of people like with bands, especially it's harder because you got electrics and you got all kinds of stuff coming in there and right. it's loud. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these smaller venues that they, they one they can't afford bands much anymore, mm-hmm. but they want it where they're not drowning out. So I, I've had it both where I've been playing, I'm acoustic, you can't hear me. And okay, well, I'm going to bring in a band. Oh, well, now you're too loud. Right. It's, yeah, we've kind of found that happy medium because, you know, like you said, we can get in a band with electric guitars and stuff. Because I've been on that side of things, too, where you just blow everybody's eardrums out and, and they don't appreciate that. And then when you're just, you know, like I said before, when you're just the guy with a guitar, sometimes people will tune you out, especially if you're like in a restaurant or something. But when you have, you know, the acoustic guitar and the electric bass and a kit with brushes especially, it's loud enough to get people's attention. Yeah. Um, but not so loud that um, they incur hearing damage. <laughs> yeah. I know my, my drummer put an electric, like an electric drum kit mm-hmm. so I can plug into the PA system and, and we control can adjust it. it. Yeah. It's a little easier, but it doesn't sound the same as like a regular drum. No, it doesn't. And, it's, you know, especially one thing we had to get used to when we first... I got my backing band put together when we played at Nofo. It's this big, almost like warehouse type room. Okay. And it's very echoey. 
Okay. And on the first song, you know, the drummer was excited. And so, you know, he when he hit that snare, everybody flinched, basically. <laughs> it's like a gunshot. So, you know, we had to rein it back, and then it was cool. But um, it's uh, when, when you're playing small rooms like that and, you know, you're not dealing with a PA to control everything, you got to be mindful of the room acoustics or mm-hmm. you can – especially with drums, you can blow people's ears out real quick. Yeah, and well, it goes to your audience, too, so I'm glad you said that because right. it, you can, you got to judge your audience. Right. I mean, some people come in here, and it, most cases, you, you're like at a, a brewery or a bar. They're not really listening. They're your background noise. Occasionally, you can get right. some people to listen to you, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, I think, where you grow your, your fan base organically that way, too. Mm-hmm. So have you got a lot of, new followers from doing that way or have you got people come up to you buying your music because i know you got a cd out right yeah now. well yeah definitely and i think what you said is um that's, a, that's an important thing for us like a songwriter singer songwriters to remember is a lot of times like you got to kind of keep your ego in check because mm-hmm. like a lot of times you are background music and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that but you know it, all it takes is one song to perk someone's ear up and then they become interested in what you do mm-hmm. um so like i was saying i just started doing the solo singer songwriter thing this year okay and even you know even being background music i absolutely feel like i have been able to connect with people better doing what i do than when i was in a loud angry rock band um which was fun as hell but um, (laughs) there's something about that when people do tune in and it's just you and your guitar and you can really kind of pour yourself out there Mm -hmm. it's it's an innate maybe almost like instinctual thing people they they get it they connect to it yeah and you know i don't have a, like i just started this year so i don't have a huge following yet but everything i do have has been built up through you know being the background music at nofo or being the background music at gold city growlers and Delonica. right and uh you know it captures people sometimes and it the biggest thing to me is i feel the most accomplished when i can play when I play one of my songs and it makes people smile or laugh, like that's, that's when I feel the most accomplished. The most songwriters will say when they cry. If I can make somebody cry, I've done my job. I've, I've, yeah, <laughs> I wrote my first song that made people cry on, when I was writing for this, uh, my, my, my debut album here. And I did, it's the first time I've ever done that and I didn't yeah. know how to feel about it because, you know, I'm like, don't cry. But, but that's like, oh yes, crying. Yeah, you know, yeah, on a on a on another on a deeper level, like, like okay, I did something right there, right? Because somebody felt something. That's and that's what a job of a songwriter is mm-hmm. is to make somebody feel something. feel something. And that's yeah. it. When you're playing these bars and playing these clubs, you're not going to connect to everybody. Not everybody's going to like you. Right. Most of them may not like you. Yeah. You know, but you may get one or two here and there, and then they'll tell one or two, and that's kind of how everybody gets started. Right. It's paying your dues. It's so different mm-hmm. now the way they do it because you can you can jump on Spotify and put your music out you can you can do all these live streams and reach a, a broader audience as far as like people that's coming to, to actually see your stuff right but do they actually stay and like support you right and that's the hardest thing about being a songwriter and you got to do it because you love it if you do it for the money you're wasting your time. It takes a long time to get to that situation where you can say, okay, I got mailbox money coming in and not everybody does it. Right. And you know, that's, that's something I've come to upset. I, I started playing guitar because 
actually, I started playing guitar because of the movie School of Rock with Jack Black. I love that movie. Isn't it a great movie? <laughs> and the whole the talent show or the battle of the band scene where they you know, get up there and start ripping with guitar solos, little mm-hmm. nine-year-old me, ten-year-old me just went, I want to do that. And it's been a love affair ever since. So. He, that movie, I, I know I was older when it came out, but I know that movie influenced a lot mm-hmm. of musicians. Yep. You know, Jack Black... Hopefully they didn't deep and dive into his other stuff, but yeah. they stayed on School of Rock. <laughs> yeah. Because the other stuff isn't appropriate for kids. Well, you know, when when, you, when I got a little older, I found Pick a Destiny, and that was a whole yeah. other thing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so it's always been, like I said, a love affair for me. You know, it would be amazing if I could, uh, you know, one day do it and be able to pay my bills, but if right. not, that's okay. I'll, whether or not I ever... Um, you know, become a full-time professional musician. It's not going to stop me from playing music and getting out and performing because it's just it's what I do. It's what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. So, Right. And you should. I mean, if that's what you feel, you can't stop it. Right. Artists, they paint. You know, mm-hmm. mechanics, also, you know, build stuff. That's They work with their hands. Musicians, songwriters, you got words on paper. Right. And a lot of times it's not even our story that we're telling. It's just it's something mm-hmm. you see and... You want to write about it. The the craziest thing to me when I started writing songs were those songs every once in a while, and I'm sure you've experienced this, where it almost doesn't seem like you write it. Mm-hmm. It just kind of falls into your lap. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, I'll, I'll spend days or months revising a song sometimes, and then every once in a while, that song just kind of like, I'll be sitting there with a the guitar, and it seems like in 15 minutes I've written a song, and I'm like, where mm-hmm. did that come from? Because I didn't write that. That's that's from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Now, can you read music, too? No. Okay. Not even a little bit. I think that's a common theme among guitar players. It, it is a very <laughs> common theme. I can't read music either, so it's always funny. Like, when, when you get people together, I always ask because I'm curious. Songwriting is different for everybody. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same. You're trying to write a story. You're trying to get it out. But how you get there is different for every right. song, and it's different for every songwriter. It's just amazing to, to watch the process. Right. Now, yeah. when you write, do you co-write or do you write mainly by yourself? I've ever, I've never I've never co-written before. Okay. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think it'd be fun to see what Um That's not fair. When I was in the when I was in a band, me and the bass player co-wrote okay. and that was fun. But since I've been doing solo, um it's it's just me. Well, that's right. I'll I'll write with you. I like I like okay. writing. I ask every guest to write because I, I would love to. That's what um I want to bring here for Georgia because Nashville, if you ever go to Nashville, because your country music, I listen to your stuff. Right. If you ever go to Nashville, it's co-writes, mandatory. You know, you, you mm-hmm. get there and you meet somebody, you're writing the next day. It's just, it just, that's how it works. I would love to do that for here in Georgia. I think that'd be cool. I think when you, when you start co-writing with people and, um, you know, you just get the opportunity to look at a song or get someone else to look at a song, and they bring in a perspective that you would have never thought of. Right. And I think that's how really cool songs get written. It is. Now, I don't know about the idea of writing five or six co-writers on a song. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do like, like you said, bringing in other co-writers because it does help because you've got a different view. You said you're 23? Yes. See, I'm 43 years old. My yeah. views are going to be a whole lot different than yours. <laughs> so, But, I, again, I won't touch the younger audience because I'm, I write more from uh, an older perspective right so to get to that younger perspective you drive with a younger guy right. or a younger woman you know and and mm-hmm. it goes both ways and even if and this is something that songwriters or most songwriters know but if you don't know 
it do, sometimes it doesn't work. You get it's like a relationship. You write mm-hmm. a co-write, it doesn't work. You thank you for time, and you move on. Right? Does it mean that they're right or they're wrong? It just means that you know you have different views. And as a songwriter, talk about that ego before you got to let that go. Right. And be open because I know a lot of people think it's their song is their baby. They don't want nobody to touch it. Yeah. Well, if you keep your baby in the house all day long, you won't ever get on sunshine. So you, you got to get. That's it a out. great analogy. I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> I just thought of it too because the sun started shining. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. sunshine. <laughs> so you go see my brain works faster than my mouth. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I have the, <laughs> I have the same condition. I feel like, for sure. I don't know what it is. It's horrible because I like I'll start writing or talking about something, but not even be on the same subject, and then bring it around. So that's what I said. These interviews, the way it works, is we'll talk. And I'll hear something that you say that'll catch my ear, and we'll go that direction, and then I'll bring us back one way or another. Right. I think that's a. I think that's just the condition of being in when you're an artist. Yeah. Your brain is always going. Always. I hope so. so. Yeah. Well, you you know, you know what I mean. I hope that's what's wrong with me. (laughs) Right. Where it seems like, at least I know this, and I've talked to other, and you know, you feel like I feel like you're saying the same thing where. Musicians, you know, it feels like your brain's always going 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. and is multitasking and it gets ahead of you sometimes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then, uh, so you're young, so you, I have kids, so when I'm multitasking and they drag me one way, it's like, okay. And then I have to try to get back. Right. So, like, everybody says, well, if you don't finish your song, you know, put away. If I don't believe in, a, in the fact that if you have a song that you haven't touched in months, mm-hmm. don't go back to it. I think you should because different perspective. Maybe you have different time. Maybe you hear something different that goes along with it. Do you do you have songs that you do that with? Oh, absolutely. I think I think it's almost. Uh, I think it'd be silly not to revisit songs that you never right. finish. Just as an example, I was um, I was doing a little writing. I guess it was last last week or a while back, and I had uh, I was going over the song that I had written maybe a year and a half or longer ago. And I, you know, I, I liked the lyrics, but I was never happy with the music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was working through it, and I just didn't feel right. And I've been trying to make this work, the song work with, you know, subtle changes over, like I said, like a year and a half. And at the same time, in the back of my brain, I've had this one little, it was just music. It was a riff, basically, or a chord change that I liked, and it was really upbeat and... I just couldn't put words to it. And I was sitting there. I was sitting on my patio at my apartment. And it was dark and, you know, the, it was nice out. It was cool. And I was just sitting there. And I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm getting real frustrated here of having these songs that aren't finished. <laughs> and I, I almost, like, had an aha moment where I'm sitting there with a song that's half written. And I didn't like the music. And this song with music that had no words. And I was like, wait a minute. And I tried, I put the words over the verse of the song. And I was like, oh, sh- here's the song. <laughs> you know, I just put them together. A, a year or year and a half maybe two years later right and uh we're gonna go play it friday night at nofo oh nice so so yeah cause i'll try to get this like today is uh what's the date Today's sunday mm-hmm, the, the first, right? first yeah okay so i'll try to get this out for you before friday cool. um but like so when we do a live part of it tell them any words you got going anything that you're playing Sweet. uh any place they can find you and i said you want to plug anybody your bandmates your, your producer whatever feel free to get shout outs because as songwriters and artists you can't do it by yourself oh yeah you know you can try and you can be stubborn and you can get so far but then you're going to be asking like why are they there when i'm working just as hard but but you're not you got to get people to help you along yeah i think that's the biggest thing i've kind of had to 
realize it's even you know I'm doing it by myself, but I you gotta have a team behind you. Mm-hmm. My I think my saving grace lately has been uh, the guy that um, I kind of pulled in to play bass for me. His name's Ryan Cross. Okay, and he's in this really cool jam band called Jive Revival. Okay, and uh, we we knew of each other from college, and um, I was I needed to put a band together. I think because one of the venues was said, hey, we need you to come with a band. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> see what I can do. And uh, I, I messaged him, and he was like, absolutely, I'll come play with you. And uh, we met up, and it was the first time we formally met. Was it the first time we rehearsed together? And I've I've never met a musician that just came so prepared and was able to just fall into a groove so fast. Mm-hmm. And I think... Like I kind of want to like I'm like you're you're gonna be my bass player now, right? Uh, <laughs> don't go don't go nobody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but he, uh, he he's like I said his band driver vibe was awesome, and uh, but um, I think he he's kind of my secret weapon now because um, I think a band is only as good as his bass player, mm-hmm. and I've been really lucky. I've known a lot of really good bass players throughout my life, but this guy's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's he's got so much pocket. It's awesome. Yeah, and that's the thing you got to stay in that pocket. Mm-hmm. I mean, and my bass player is probably gonna listen to this like, "Oh yeah, I told you, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the heart of the band." Yeah. Which honestly, he is because when when you play out, and I've heard, I found this out too, is I've played out with just me and the lead guitarist and the singer. Mm-hmm. We had a bassist, and I was like, "This is hard." Oh yeah, because we without some kind of percussion, it's like or even bass, it's like. Where am I going? Oh my God, I can't keep up the time. Yeah, with this and stuff. And and then especially when you're doing two. Um, similarly ranged instruments like two guitars mm-hmm. and there's nothing to keep tempo it, it's, it gets easy to get lost yes you can't rely on me for tempo yeah. <laughs> i just write the music i can't i can't keep it a dime right that's what i get the drummer and the basses for my thing is uh i'm starting to find out is i write in weird time signatures without even realizing mm-hmm. it like um the, the first song on the album is uh the bulletproof and I didn't even realize it until I brought it to, you know, the Ryan and then my, my, my drummer buddy. I was like, I was trying to count it out to him and they didn't make, and we couldn't make it make sense. And then we realized like, oh, the song is modulating between 4-4 four, four and 7-8. No wonder it's confusing. <laughs> and it's 7-8 is one of those like odd time signatures that doesn't really feel weird. Mm-hmm. So like, I didn't even think I realized I was writing in 7-8. And, we, and it wasn't until we sat down and counted it out. It was like, oh, that's why it's confusing. Yeah, and I, and believe me, that happens to I think a lot more people than they realize. Right. Because I have a hard time with three four time. Yeah. That is the hardest time for me. It's to de- get. it's deceptively um, complicated sometimes. Mm-hmm. I was like one two three. My my basis says just say triplet triplet. I was like yeah. I can't if I start playing triplet in my head, I'm gonna start singing triplet <laughs> through my mouth. <laughs> and then my song's gonna be called triplet because I yeah. can't think of any of the words. <laughs> so we had. I like hearing stories like that. So who influenced you growing up? And I was listening to some of your stuff. You had some uh, Jason Isbell on there that you did covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did some Tom Petty. Yeah. Uh, Tired Childers. Mm-hmm. Um, so who who influences you musically that makes you want to get to I mean, Besides Jack Black. I know Jack Black <laughs> kind of got you into wanting right. to play it, but you your know, stuff doesn't sound like Jack Black. It's funny. Um, I've kind of gone through a lot of different, um, I guess, phases Okay. It, before I kind of landed on this. Um, but the earliest thing I can remember, the the earliest music I can remember enjoying was my mom used to always listen to like 
Kix 101.5 when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. So the, the first music I can remember is like Kenny Chesney and like Toby Keith and that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was the first music, you know, I started humming. And I used to love, love um, Beer for My Horses. Yes. Toby Keith and Willie Nelson. That was like my first favorite song. And at the same time, my dad was a, you know, he's a child of the 80s, so he liked his ACDC and stuff like yeah. that, which I didn't really get exposed to until I was l- later on. But my dad had like, you know, Steve Miller's greatest hits. Okay. And like my second favorite song ever was Swing Town. And, you know, it kind of went on that, and I didn't really, you know, I didn't really pay attention to music. Like, I loved to sing as a kid, but... I didn't really pay that much attention to music until maybe, until t- I saw the School Rock movie, and then you know, I was like, "Oh, I want to do that." And mm-hmm. that was about the same time "97 on the River" came to be. Okay. And I remember my, my parents used to have the radio playing in the in the kitchen in the morning, getting ready for school, and it was always you know a country station. And one day, my dad flipped it over to 97.1, and I came down, and I want to say it was like "Black Black Dog" by Led Zeppelin. Oh wow! And man. I was just like, "What is that?" <laughs> And That's I spent music, I spent the next yeah I spent the next probably nine years just being, you know I started with when I picked up guitar I went to electric first, mm-hmm. and I did the whole ACDC and the like the Randy Rhodes like the Eddie Van Halen, trying to kind of thing because mm-hmm. like, you know, when you start doing that like that's just a satisfying thing where you can play fast, and then I like I went to the blues but. Aside from the stuff I learned solely just to, like, become a guitar player, when I was a teenager, I started really, really digging for music. Okay. And a lot of my music taste comes from my dad. And I remember the first songwriter that I heard that really blew me away was Neil Young. Okay. Which makes sense if you listen to my music now. There's a lot of harmonica. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, um, like, I think he had the Decade CD with, like, with all his like discography up to a certain point and it was the, the mostly the songs off harvest i really was like wow and then it was tom petty who you know i always heard on the radio and then when i started paying attention to his music i think i think it was when i heard even the losers yeah which is still one of my favorite songs of all time which is the cover that i saw that you did was even the yeah, losers. yeah. love that song i was like you know it was where I had to, that's when I started morphing from trying to create cool guitar parts. Cause I was, start, I started writing when I was like 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And, but it was just, you know, I'd write guitar songs and I'd yeah. add like bass and drums to them and I could never write lyrics. And it was when I really started to pay attention to Neil Young and Tom Petty, that kind of stuff I connected to. And I stayed on the rock thing for a long time when I was in the band, you know, over time I started picking up like, Oh, you know, nineties country was really good. And, you know, even, even there's some Tom Petty stuff that is maybe not country, but it's all heartlandy, which is not that far away from country music. And Neil Young's not either. Yeah. Storytelling. Storytelling, I think is the thing that gets me. And then I did a complete almost 180 when I actually found Jason Isbell first. And that, really i was like wow this guy can write a song and some of it reminded me of jackson brown who's another one of my big influences i love jackson brown um and that led me to find john prine and when i found john prine i was like oh that's how you write a song And, and in that same window 
is when I started to do this 180. So I was like, I don't really care about, you know, writing cool guitar parts or playing fast guitar solos anymore. I just want to write a good song. Mm-hmm. And that's about the f- same time I discovered Tyler Childers. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is doing something else. And that kind of ins- that kind of was like, okay, I'm going to put down the electric guitar for a while. And even before I left the band I was in, you know, I was lead guitar and lead vocals until we recruited another guy because I was sick of singing because I couldn't sing rock music. <laughs> um, before I even left, I just I just found myself gravitating t- to uh, the acoustic guitar more, and that's in all these songs. I had a hard time writing songs, or finishing songs, I should say. And then I found when I f- picked up the acoustic and really just... Instead of trying to write rock music, I just let songs come out. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of realized who the songwriter I was, or at least in, in, in becoming, because, you know, you never, I don't think you ever stop evolving as a songwriter. Or you shouldn't. Getting, getting better. I'm definitely still learning how to do it. But, um, yeah, it kind of had, had another light bulb moment almost. So I was like, this might be what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, it it came much more natural, and I think without even really trying, because like like you say, my the music I'm doing now I, I guess is country music, which is a funny thing for me to say because I never thought I'd play country music, mm-hmm. but it's just what comes out, and I think that's a product of the music I was surrounded with, and also how I was brought up, you know, in backwoods Dawson County. I shouldn't say backwards. That's, that's that sounds like a negative connotation. But I grew up, you know, in a small town in the northern part of the town where, you know, it's twenty minutes to the grocery store. Yeah. You know, there's not that many people around, and you know, we grew up riding four wheelers, riding horses, target practice. Like I hear this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've been the whole time. Yeah, this is you know, this is a lot like the part of Dawsonville I grew up in. It's not that far away, honestly, but um, yeah, and you know. Over the later part of last year and this year, I kind of just came into my, I don't want to say came into my own, but I kind of realized that I had a, more of a knack for this, and it just came so much more natural, and I got so much more enjoyment out of the songs I was writing, where I really, I thought, why not give this a shot? Hmm. We'll just hear one of your songs. Sure. Let me pop open the guitar here. Do you have any idea which one you want to try first? Uh, for continuity's <laughs> sake, we could... uh. We can start off with Bulletproof, first song in the album. Okay. We good? Yeah, so you what song you going to do first, Bulletproof? Yeah, we'll figure figure for continuity's sake. We'll do the, the first song I'll do, be the first song off the album. And uh, I kind of wrote this one. This is one of the first songs I wrote when I was, like I said, kind of discovering the, what I could, the songs that were coming out of me when I just picked up the acoustic guitar and let it all kind of hang out. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of a song of... Uh, Growing up in a small town and uh, feeling stuck, you know, typical sad singer-songwriter stuff. Yep. Yeah, there you go.
Twenty wins, twenty-three. Fueled on pride and nicotine. Living on such humble means. Living out a young man's dream. And now these dirt roads drag you down. There ain't too many friends around. Like those hills that cradle you You turn a quiet shade of blue And you faintly hear the echo of a man Who was bulletproof As the years they roll away, the weeks just seem to burn the days. And you tell yourself it's worth the pain, it's a dream of some new grand escape. You remember all the plans you made, wonder if they can be saved. definitely hear the americana stuff coming out yeah it's uh it's a combination of neil young and i guess jason isbell and everything else i've absorbed over the years okay yeah i, I hear it like i think with the harmonica i don't know if that's maybe the tom petty part of it so what made you write that song you talked about it being kind of from a uh, small town being from is that because you're small town you're you know it was uh i was 23 well, actually, I wasn't 23 yet. I was 22 when I wrote that song. Um, but, you know, I was just... I had just come out of college, and I can't remember if I had started... I had got a new job yet, because... I can't remember if I started the job I was working now. 
But uh, for one reason or another, I just came home one day and I just felt stuck and picked up the guitar, and that came out. And I was like, "Yeah, I can run with that." <laughs> That's a good thing to come out the first time. Yeah, I was. You know, it was one of those things where I was I was feeling not so great, and that coming out was almost therapy in a way. Okay. And uh, regardless of the situation, just having been able to 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 create that out of what I was feeling made me feel better. So It's funny how music is therapeutic and stuff. Yeah, I feel like I write the most songs when I'm feeling particularly strongly about something, especially when I'm feeling, you know, a little down in the dirt. Yeah. It's a, it's a way to, I guess, you know, some people need to talk it out. I feel like I write songs about yeah. it. <laughs> it's easier to write about it and yeah. put yourself in a whole different perspective. It's, it's funny for me, Especially the 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 fun and the frustration in songwriting comes from kind of putting it together like a puzzle, mm-hmm. and in a way that's that's nice because when something's really bothering you, as you're working through the song that's addressing the things that are bothering you, you're also your mind is distracted by trying to make the song work. So you know when when the songs that are about the real heavy stuff come, it's a nice escape. I feel like. <laughs> And um, I don't know. I just feel like that's part of where the the joy from songwriting um, comes from for me. You know, some some people need to drink to get away. I, I write songs to get away. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully you don't do it with a drinking and and writing because that happens a lot. It so. does happen. Yeah, <laughs> no. I I try to I try to keep that in check because I've I've seen the horror stories. Yes. <laughs> now you're. I didn't listen to you sing. You have really good control of your voice you can keep it steady the whole time without going high or too much low you know because you know and not overpower everything yeah so I, I don't know like if that's part of like with the harmonica learning to play that or just being in you've already did the rock thing and so your voice is like okay i'm done with doing being that loud <laughs> it's uh it's definitely I've, I've spent a lot of time practicing singing because like i said i wasn't a great singer mm-hmm. for a long time and for a long time, I thought to sing singer to, to sing. I'm sorry, to sing higher, you had to sing louder. And after you know doing some my research on my own, I learned the techniques of breath control and how to keep it all under control. And I think I hadn't thought about it before you just said this, but I think playing the harmonica does help because you have to when you play harmonica, you have to know how to control how much breath you're exhausting out. Otherwise, you, you'll run out of You'll go lightheaded, and you'll be like <laughs> in the middle of your uh, harmonica part. So, um, but but thank you, I appreciate that. My I feel like the for a long time, and I'm starting to feel more comfortable with it now. The the vocals I thought were the weak point, and uh, I've spent a long time getting it to where I felt comfortable with it. I think that's for a lot of of songwriters because I think that's why one they write a lot of sad songs. It's easier to play. Yeah. And so they don't have to worry about their singing quite as much, you know. Mm-hmm. But like when you're playing like that, you got to have the right levels for the guitar and and for your voice. And I didn't have to mess with the knobs at all. Once I got it set, you didn't change. I didn't have to back you off. I didn't do anything. So the the harmonica, I guess, is part of it. I know. I just learned, like I was telling you before, that the harmonica is different keys for the the guitar. Right, right. Also learned that when you blow in is one note, and when you breathe out is another. A different note, I was yeah. like, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that blew my mind was 
when I realized, you know, there's a sound with a harmonica and I was trying to get it. And I'm like, how do they do that? And like, oh, they're bending the notes. I'm like, how do you bend a note of harmonica? Right. I d- went down that hole of that whole technique, which. Well, let's um, go down that hole right now because that's, I still haven't figured out how to bend the notes on that. So it's way easier to do when you're inhaling versus when you're exhaling. It's, okay. I, I still can't really do it when you're exhaling. There's people that can do it, but it's, it's when you inhale, you, you, there's no good way to say it other than you, you change how your, your mouth shape. Okay. I almost feel like you, I kind of move. So I'm, instead of inhaling straight, the air straight, I'm pulling it downwards over the, okay, out of the harmonica. And that changes how it goes over the reed in the harmonica and it'll make the note change. Well, that's a good visual because it's like when people say when you're trying to sing higher, think of like the top of your head, yeah. you know, like you're trying to look. Right. So, or there. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah. You just do different things. Like. You're, you're trying to look for the note or you're trying to get mm-hmm. that. You know, it's, there's different visuals that help everybody. And that's a good visual, so I'm yeah. going to try, try that. I, I never found a good explanation, I didn't think. And I, I stumbled across it, and I was like, oh, you got to pull. I think that's I think that's the best way to think about it is you have to pull down and not straight out. Yeah. But uh, See, I learned something new today. Yeah, I like learning you, something new. The more you know. Right? The more you know. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they, they got those, like I said, the harmonica is great. And it's like there's some amazing harmonica singers. Like Clint Black does it like effortlessly. Right. And I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah. Uh, there's a guy that I know. His name is uh, Alfred. Um, I can't think of his name right now. I got too many. Like I said, my brain is running faster mm-hmm. than my mouth. Alfred, you know who you are. Um, he plays harmonica. He's with uh, Sneaking Sneaking Creek. I think it's his band. Oh, that's plays. Um, he plays up, well, I think, more toward Atlanta and maybe mm-hmm. some Delonica too. Okay. But uh, I can't remember his last name, Alfred. Sorry. I'll, I'll, it hit me later, but he does that <laughs> stuff. And I'm always curious how to, how to work it. So it's talent sitting there with that damn thing around your neck, playing the guitar, singing over the stuff so that you can sing and play harmonica. Yeah, that was um, when I sat down to do it the first time. I don't know why I thought it was going to be easy <laughs> or easier than it was. But it's you know when you first learn how to sing and play guitar at the same time? I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's You have to... You gotta you gotta learn how to control your breath while simultaneously you gotta not think about the guitar playing and then mm. focus on the harmonica playing, and you know you work through it and it's it's harmonica is deceptively simple. We we're talking about stuff being deceptively com- deceptively complicated earlier. Harmonica is not if you have twelve hours to sit down or twelve hours total, you can figure it out because once once you figure it out on one harmonica, it's just a matter of changing keys. Right. And they um, give you a little nice sheet when you buy Right, and it's what, ten, 10 holes? So there's only so much you can do. Um, right. But once you add playing another instrument on top of that, then it becomes uh, rub your belly, tap, pat your head type uh, deal. Yeah, the opposite direction. Like, yeah, 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 that's... And, and it's funny you say that because that's it's, every time I would try to play guitar, and I made a habit when I first did is I would stop. I was like, no, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. You got to keep playing because you're going to throw the timing off if you're playing and you, you right. got to hit it. And it... I like I liked what you did. I liked your stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I know uh, it, today's the first day of November. The weather's changed. The time has changed. I'm trying to keep you without having to get any more darker. So let's do some more, another song. Okay, so sure. At least I get your music in. And we'll, st- we'll still get going talking. I just want to make sure yeah, you get yeah, your songs in. Cool. How many songs do you usually do? Uh, normally I do three. Okay. So perfect. what we'll do is we'll do two, and then we'll do a live one uh, so you can tell everybody where you're at. And perfect. then like I said I'll put one of your songs at the end that's finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can do Bulletproof or any other ones you want me to do, just tell me, and I'll put it in at the end, too, and, and people will hear it. 
Now, I got a Gibson too. You don't have a, you don't have, is that really a pickup in it? Because there's no volume control in it. It's a uh, passive. It's called a, it's a trans, under, under the saddle transducer that I, I ripped out the stock pickup because it was god awful. And uh, it's by a company called K&K. Okay. Um, it's, it's three transducers and a passive goes out to an out to, a, to the jack here. And when you first go straight into a soundboard, it sounds awful and warm and muddy, but then you pull all the mids out and then it sounds like your guitar, which is, it's the, it's the closest thing to actually sounding like the guitar I've had so far. See, I, I love Gibson guitars. So yeah. you guys can't see he's got a Gibson guitar. My uh, twins, the boy, boy and girl, his name is Gibson. He's named after my Gibson oh, guitar. That's cool. And I have the same thing. I plug it in and it's like, I want, one day I want to learn to build guitars. Me too. I, I think that would be awesome. So I'm plugging it in. It's like, there's no real pickup in there. How's it? How can you hear it? But I can hear it. So I plug it in. I can hear it. Right. And I don't have to worry about changing the battery or anything like that. Right. Or I haven't yet. And it, it just it sounds good. And mm-hmm. I said, your guitar through here sounds fine too. It, there's no sweet. There's no problems with it. There's sweet. nothing I got to adjust or good. anything like that. I'm glad. No effects. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we'll do. Uh, this is the uh, this is the first song I ever wrote that made anybody cry. Okay. Um, I'll try not to cry. <laughs> um, this this song is uh, wrote this song about and kind of for my family, but it's about my great grandfather who I was lucky enough to know until I was eighteen. Um, my family hails from upstate New York. I was born and raised in Georgia, but the family's from upstate New York, and he uh, he lived to be ninety four, and he was just something else. Like he was. Uh, at 94, he was a part-time like tax commissioner, and he played in two bands, and he raised cattle. Okay. So, and uh, <laughs> he was a hell of a man. And I, I was sitting down one day and I was thinking about him and missing on him, and this came out. It's called uh, the the area he lived in was called the Susquehanna area. It's called the Susquehanna River Valley, and um, this song is called Susquehanna Nights. <laughs> Days when I was young, when we tire of the southern sun, a mother and brother and father pile in the car. We flee old Dixieland through the Tennessee hills and then take that Empire State way up to Grandpa's farm. Well, we play down in the creek out with leeches on our feet and we take in the sweet smell of the clover hay and we'd help him with the chores and drive his beat up old blue ford never felt like work with him anyway grandpa's farm is still standing though he's gone into the light and all the fields still look all right when we pass by I still dream of that old farmhouse and those Susquehanna nights. I still dream of the twinkle in his eye. He had a cold rolled steel cord chasing steers at 94. And I never saw him curse or change his tone. With a wide toothed sideways grin warm as the upstate summer wind he was as close as a man could come to feeling like home 
Grandpa's farm is still standing Though he's gone into the light And all the fields still look alright When we pass by I still dream of that old farmhouse And those Susquehanna nights I still dream of the twinkle in his eye Grandpa's farm is still standing Though he's gone into the light And all the fields still look alright When we pass by I still dream of that old farmhouse And those Susquehanna nights I still dream of the twinkle in his eye I still dream of the twinkle in his eye So, thank you. I like that. Thank you. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> Why two sideways grin? It always it trips me up a lot. The uh, Suska, I can't even say it. Susquehannan? Susquehanna. Susquehanna. You see, I'm, Everybody I'm, sees it and they go, So, okay, now when you come up here, what did you call the, the road? Uh, I don't even remember. Salad? Was it Salad I don't know. Sutali. Sutali. Yep. So, it's the same. If I said subtly, or, yeah. it's hard to say, too. So, like I said, when you write songs like that, it's, it's funny because like it's there's certain words that are always hard to mm-hmm. to do it. Now you're the artist, you're you're gonna sing it, so it doesn't matter. Right. But as a songwriter, you got to think about that because right. uh, they're not gonna want to sing right <laughs> some, something like they can't pronounce. Right, right, right. Hopefully they can they can pronounce better than I can. Yeah, uh, and I, I almost felt funny writing that song about putting the word Susquehanna in there, but you know I've heard it say uh, the the more specific, the more universal. And, uh, you know, John Prine got away with uh, writing a song about Muhlenberg County. Oh, yeah. So. I, th- I don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with it. I know people say that. Like, well, you can't put, like I wrote a song about, about QT. Yeah. The, the guy asked, well, not everybody has a QT. I was like, okay, well, then they won't understand that reference, but they'll understand the rest yeah. of the song. It's not the specific. It's, it's the overall message that people connect with. Yeah, like Okie from Muskogee. Yeah, right. How many people know what he's talking about? Right. So... <laughs> I think each song is it fits itself for the songwriter. Yeah. So, and like I said, you being the artist, you put anything you want to it. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. because it's you're going to be singing it. Now, if somebody comes out and wanted to change it and you sing it, you wouldn't want to do that because, like, okay, that that's not what the song is about. Right. You know, you don't want to detract from the overall. Well, let's say Tallahassee. Thing. No, it doesn't fit. It doesn't, doesn't work. fit. The other thing I find too is I feel like I name a lot of geographic regions or places. I like that though. In a you know, it's one of those things where Americana. you write about, yeah, and you write about what you know. I was working on a song um, a couple weeks ago, and the uh, the chorus I knew was going to be back to something, and I was like, back to Austin, back to Houston. I'm like, I've never been to any of those places. I don't want to be fake. And I was like, <laughs> like thinking, and I was like, oh, Dawson. I'm from Dawsonville. Back to Dawson. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Alice's Restaurant. Right. You know, I actually went to Alice's Restaurant and didn't even know I came across oh, it. Oh, no kidding. Ran, totally random. It was in California. I know the first mm-hmm. one, I think, is actually in Washington. Uh, but original, I didn't, that I didn't know. So I thought the one in California was the one he was saying about. Mm-hmm. So we're actually coming down. Um, I'm on the highway now, but we went down to 101, uh, coming down the coast. And then we decided to take off to go through the woods because, like, all right, we've seen enough coast. It all looks the same. Let's go through the woods. So we took this road, and the kid's like, oh, I'm getting hungry. So, like, <laughs> two hours later, we finally come to this little 
hole in the wall restaurant at like this intersection. And we get in there and they're playing Alice's Restaurant on a loop. I'm like, why are they doing that? And I looked up and the name of the restaurant is Alice's, Alice's Restaurant. restaurant. <laughs> I was like, oh. Holy crap. I'm at Alice's Restaurant. Okay. And then it was like, that was cool because I could never find it if I tried. Yeah. It was just random things. That's so cool. And you know, it's always the hole in the walls that are the best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been to the Bluebird Cafe? No, but I've heard it's good. It's a, And it's a hole in the wall. Yeah. It's like between it's like between like cleaners and something else. Yeah. And I t- I've told this story before, but it's, it's so funny. If you've never seen a Bluebird as a country artist right that's kind of where your pinnacle is right now right that's up in uh that's nashville Nashville, right right. garth Garth brooks used to that's where he got his first start and he got found Mm -hmm. he's gonna be found anyway because he's just totally awesome because he was garth brooks right right the people that told him no were out of their damn minds yeah so that's a funny story Mm -hmm. but i'm sitting there and i I drove by like three or four times so i actually pull in this parking lot of this little retail stores and i'm calling them and I'm in the same parking lot that they're in. I just didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because from like the TV scene and the TV show and everything else you think, it's like, oh, it's a standalone building. It's going to be huge. It's right. not. Right. And again, that's the point. Some of the best places like that are yeah. hole in the wall. You cut your teeth. And, mm-hmm. and that's how you learn. It's real. Right. You know? There's no there's no fluff. Yeah. And it's good there. I mean, they're always lines out, out for miles. They are always packed. There's always standing room only in that mm-hmm. place. And it's so small, you get in there, and there's like the stage, and like when they do the rider rounds, they put them in the middle, and people mm-hmm. surround them. Now, I was lucky enough to do an open mic. They changed it now. Uh, you call, and I don't think they do it right now because of COVID, right, but right. You, before you play, and then you make a call, you got to call and get a ticket. But they only put like 20 people or 25 songwriters because mm-hmm. everybody wants to play there. Right. So it was just cool to actually get to play on a stage with with like Garth Brooks played. Right, right, right. People. I had a, the only time I've ever had that moment was um, back in my, my rock band days. I got, we got to headline the 40 watt once and that was like a whoa moment for me. Like, you know, some of my like drive-by truckers have been on this stage. <laughs> like, whoa. Yep. Have you met anybody doing this big time like that? Um, as, as far as meeting any, like of the... Artists or musicians? Uh, no, like I haven't, I haven't, been able to meet anybody really i've heard some uh i've been in the vicinity of people i know okay like i've i've know i've been like hey do you know who was playing like two places over and i was you know um we, <laughs> we were playing a we were playing a show one time and my bass player was taking his gear to the car and he ran into uh johnny marr from the smiths and that was that was kind of a cool thing like i said i've been in the vicinity of people but <laughs> no i've never been able to meet anybody well, I want to get before before it gets dark, Kenan. Kenan, mm-hmm. I want to get sure we get your uh, get your last song in. Sure. So I'm gonna go live for you real quick. Cool. That way we can get you in. I, w- I want to make sure because, like I so said, now the time has changed. Right. And it gets dark way too it early. It's dark too early, and like I said, I'm working every day in the weekends too, so yeah, I'm yeah. trying to save it for Christmas. Right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you can be here 4:30 at the earliest, but I, I usually start setting up at a tape about 30 minutes. Right. I hear you. Hey guys, I'm Cannon Tyler, singer-songwriter from uh, Dawsonville, Georgia, hanging out. Yeah, um, you can find my uh, my debut album, A Quiet Shade of Blue, on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music, and Bandcamp. Um, you can download it if you like on Bandcamp. And uh, uh, I'm actually gonna play a song that's not on the album, um, but this is a fun one that I really enjoy, and a lot of my friends and I guess you can call them fans enjoy the song is a song I wrote about uh kind of inspired by me and my brother and my father and the hooligan things we did and do 
Um, it's called Trouble Man. Tyler. You can find me on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. Just look for the album A Quiet Shade of Blue. And I'm on Spotify, Canon Tyler Music, and Facebook. Just look for Canon Tyler. Thanks, guys.
Man, it's starting to get chilly. Yeah, right? it's a little. It's getting a little fall setting in for sure. Right. We'll be like we uh, since the power is out. Everybody's, I'm sure, going through the same thing. Our power just came on Saturday. It was out for three days, I guess, and that's when the weather changed and it got super cold. And so, like the thirtieth, the, the girls had a camp out for Girl Scouts in the family graveyard, and they were freezing. I'm sitting in the house, and I like I love the cold weather. I had a fan on all the time. I'm just laying there, but I got cold inside the house. I know they were freezing out here. I know they were, and it's starting to get like that now. I was like, man, it just went from hot to cold. Yeah, it did. Well, that the tropical storm there blew so much hot air up, so it was muggy all day. And then, you know, it started cooling off at night, so, you know, I had my windows open because I'm, I'm like you. I like cold weather. And uh, fans on and all circulating the air through, and I was like, ah. And then I woke up in the morning, and it was like, 62 degrees in my apartment. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the same thing here. It was like 66 or something in the yeah. house. I'm like, I am cold. Yeah. I'm turning it off. And I'm like, all right. And yeah. I, I went to go turn it. He was like, oh, I ain't got no power. power. Yeah. So everybody, I hope you guys get power soon if you haven't got it already because there's still a lot of people out. I mean, we went. I went down 108, and there was like five or six spots that mm. they had just cleared all the trees and stuff yeah, out. Yeah, I'm still seeing down by me where they're still um, clearing trees, and there's still power lines down, and... It's wild. I, th- I think, <laughs> I think it was way more intense than a lot of people were expecting it was gonna be. Right. Well, every time they say go back bad weather, we never expect it because yeah. you go, oh, it's gonna snow. You get yeah. a dusting. Right. Oh, like the kids were out one year for hurricane. It didn't do anything. It was sunshine in the whole day. Right. So they never know. It's hit or miss. And right. So people's like whatever. You know. I know people make fun of the southerners because of the snow, but I'm telling you what, you come here and drive on ice. Nobody can drive Nobody on ice. Nobody can drive on ice. I don't care what you say. You get there in snow, you guys can't change a tire because I, yeah. <laughs> I was in New York and had to change a man's tire for him because he couldn't change it. Yeah. At least I can do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, even my, my parents from upstate New York, they'll tell you, you, just, you, just, you don't drive on ice. Nope. So it's good. Well, thank you for coming up here. Kenny. Yeah, no problem. Like I said, uh, first podcast, so I very much um, appreciate you having me on, and I enjoyed it. It's a, it's a, it's a cool experience, and I'd uh, love to come back sometime. Absolutely. Now, we're not done yet because you know I'm going to ask. There's always a question I ask. Okay. Now, I'll give you a choice because I always usually ask a hidden talent. So people tell me a hidden talent. And then I say, okay, we can do that. Or if you want to do a game, we can either do, uh, if you had a song, you think you want to pick a genre of a song, and I'll read you the lyrics and see if you can guess it. Ooh. Or we can do both. I don't care. Let's do the let's do the guessing the lyrics. Okay. Do you have, a, you know what, your singer-songwriter kind of thing. So I'm going to pick out a singer-songwriter style okay. of song. Why I do it. So tell everybody what I'm looking for again, where they can find you, all your social media, and all that stuff. Yeah, guys, you can find me on. Um, you can find my music, my uh, my first album, my Quiet Shade of Blue, on Spotify, um, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and it's available for. Um, you can purchase purchase it as a dis- digital download on Bandcamp, or just stream it if you want. Again, the album's called A Quiet Shade of Blue, and uh, if you want to follow me on social media. Um, on Instagram as Canon Tyler Music and Facebook, just look up Canon Tyler, you'll find me. Okay. Now, are you ready? I found a song. I'm ready. All right. All right, here we go. I'm going to skip over the, 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 I play this, we do this game a lot at the house because we're drinking. It's a drinking game usually. So mm-hmm. we're drinking, having a good time. Yeah. Get wrong, you have to drink. We're not drinking, so that's right. fine. We did something, we both know it. We don't talk too much about it. Ain't no big, big, ain't no real big secret. All the same. Refugee Tom Petty. Wow, that was good. I know my Tom Petty. You know, because I saw you like Tom Petty, so I did. Yeah. That. I'm gonna give him a Tom Petty song. I love. That's my favorite Tom Petty song. Yeah, I mean, that that album is my favorite Tom Petty album. The Damn the Torpedoes album. 
Okay. Oh, it's so good. I'm going to look for another one because you, okay. you got it too quick. But we'll talk about it. Now, I heard him do uh, uh, the While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Yeah. And Prince was doing oh, the solo. Oh, that's so good, isn't it? I, that, I love that song. Yeah, I didn't realize Prince could tread, tread like that. Oh, my God. He is an amazing, yeah. amazing artist. So it's it's it was to watch him play that. There's so much great talent on that, on that stage when he yeah. was doing it. It's like, who do you watch? Right. There, there's so many of them. And then he gets in there and he steals the show. Well, what's it? amazing is the whole thing is so incredible up until the guitar solo. And then Prince comes out and just melts everybody's face off. And you're like, oh, my God. And he did that. And did you see him in the Super Bowl when he did it? I don't think I caught that. But I'm sure it was incredible. Okay. Yeah, he, he was he was amazing then too because I you watch a lot of a lot of uh, his stuff when he does it live and mm-hmm. he still sounds the same which I think is really cool that's why I do this live when people come up here to play yeah is because I want to get you playing live to help people sound like right because if you can that's one of the lost arts is playing live mm-hmm. a lot of people they get up there now you listen like Britney Spears and they're all dancing right that's that's what they want to do they're selling that yeah and it's fine but you know, sometimes you just wanna, you just wanna hear a good song. And the other thing too is a lot of I feel like a lot of artists, when they're in the studio, the production becomes such a huge thing that, and it becomes something that's not so natural to rep- replicate live, which is where this whole stigma of like you know they don't sound the same live thing comes from. But I think there's a new a good new under kind of in this underground singer songwriter movement mm-hmm. the production's a lot more stripped back and then when you go to see him it's like it, that's what you're getting and it's it's really gratifying I think yeah alright you ready for your next one hit your me last one All right. hit me I was always the crazy one who broke into the stadium and I wrote your number on the 50 yard line you're always the perfect one and a valedictorian <laughs> So under your number, I wrote, call for a good time. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? Very good. You know, you, you talk about 90s country early. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm supposed to Toby Keith out. Yeah. Love that song. My favorite Toby Keith, though, song is probably Upstairs Downtown. I don't even know if I know that one. That was like from his Boomtown. Oh, yeah? That was like one of his first, if, if not his first, one of his first album releases, the Boomtown CD. I hmm. love that song. I'm going to have to. I know so what I'm listening to on the way home. Stairs downtown. I love. I mean, I love Toby Keith too. I think yeah. he's awesome. He's cool. He has a lot of Toby great Keith stuff. is definitely cool. Yeah. So, all right, you got out of doing the hidden talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's that? I'm sorry. Said so you got out of doing the hidden talent. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good, because I don't have any. <laughs> this is my one thing I do well. Now I, I doubt that everybody says the same thing, and then it's like, oh, well, let me think. A lot of his voices are cooking or stuff like that. Yeah. And it's I do just, cook. I can cook. I can cook pretty well. We well, live by yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> well, I like to eat, so I learn how to cook. Right? <laughs> My dad told me that you got to learn how to cook. I said, like, I don't want to learn how to cook. So for a long time, I didn't. Yeah. And then when I moved out of my own, I kind of had to. Yeah. I made a so, killer. Well, I made a killer. Some killer grilled, some steak on the grill last night. Just saying. That's there, there's my hidden talent. <laughs> my thing the kids love to make is I make pork chops. Like I, I make a pork yeah, chops me too. And they like, oh, daddy, make your pork chops. And like so, my mom because she's right now she's living with us and she's she's diabetic mm-hmm. and she can't have all this stuff. I was like, I can't make it when she's living with us because yeah. she can't have it. So I can't cook it and hers want it and not right, get it. Right, right, so right. I was like, we're eating baked potatoes, we're eating veggies, mm-hmm. we're doing all that stuff. So it's better for all of us anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I love making that stuff. Very cool. Yeah. 
So we're going to turn this into a cooking show. I don't mind. <laughs> See, I told you we'd get off on weird. Cooking with the Georgia Songbirds. That's right. My, oh, now you said that. Reminded me. My, my wife uh, is, is part German. She's German. Mm-hmm. And her mom is like, <laughs> her mom is so funny. She's a typical German. She's loud mm-hmm. and she's cranky. So we're like, <laughs> we're going to do a, a YouTube. We should make a YouTube video of her cooking and just fussing the whole time. Yeah. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> Go viral real quick. Yeah. Cook, cooking with Ushi, you yeah. know, because she's like just cussing out everybody and trying to get oh this is not right and it's hilarious <laughs> i was like we ought to do that but she's like living in mississippi so yeah, I was like, yeah. mm. now my kids try to do youtube but how do you that's a question i'm going to ask you too mm-hmm. because how are you getting your stuff out? how's it with the social media for you is it you find it hard or you know it's it's hard for me because i've never been a person to try and document everything uh-huh. so you know i i keep I, I try to post like once a week on instagram just to let everybody know what I'm doing. I've never been one of those, like, you know, this is what I ate for lunch today types. Right. But uh, I, I do try to post to keep people up to date on what I'm doing. Um, I do event pages on Facebook, and I think that's been a helpful thing to me, is uh, when, you, when you're playing live, you do the event page, and, it, you know, you can invite people, and that lets them know. I have, I've had a lot of people come out to shows just because of that. Um, and, you know, I have a YouTube channel where I'll do covers and I'll post my originals, but uh, I think the biggest thing for me, I, th- I think the in-person connections are way more helpful than yeah. the social media can ever be. Yeah. I, I would agree 100% with that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, right now, the times you live in, everybody wants to go through social media, yeah. and you got to do it. I mean, it's... No, like, don't get me wrong, I've got gigs just because of social media and reaching out to people, but, yeah. um, you know, you can find you can find that from email addresses and stuff like that on websites too yeah alright well thank you again for coming out of here Cannon appreciate uh, you I know you got me. a little bit of a drive ahead of you and it's getting dark guys uh, again this is Cannon Tyler thank you appreciate you having me uh, anytime this is Georgia Songbirds
as the years they roll away The weeks just seem to burn the days And you tell yourself it's worth the pain As you dream of some new grand escape You remember all the plans you made You wonder if they can be Maybe if they do come true You can have your time too And you faintly hear the echo of a man Who's bulletproof Go. Oh.